talk about money, but without money, you, you're going nowhere. You can't do anything without money. So when I talk about prosperity, look at it as a whole, a whole pie that God has placed on your lap. And begin to enjoy every piece of that pie, every piece of it. Enjoy it and use it to the glory of God. Amen? Now, before I go to the four horns, the Bible says when the four horns appeared, immediately behind them were the four carpenters. And we know who the carpenter is. Who is the master carpenter? We know that's Jesus. Jesus is the carpenter. And it says there are four of them, and we know we have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the Bible is telling me here that when these horns come to approach, and when these horns come to oppress, and to press down, and to take the necks of the believers, of the children of God, and say, that's where you are going to stay. You are never going to amount to anything. Immediately he does that, right behind him is the spirit of the carpenter. What does the carpenter do? A carpenter builds people up. A carpenter makes things beautiful. A carpenter takes something that is worthless and shines it and puts some color on it and it becomes a new piece. That's what a carpenter does. So for you to have heaven on earth, it doesn't mean the horns are not going to come against you, but the spirit of the carpenter is right behind the horn. If you can only look, look to him and say, oh no, no matter what you horn decide to do, the spirit of the carpenter is right behind you. And he's telling me I'm not going to be what you're telling me to be. Amen? Because you can have heaven on earth. You can really be all that God wants you to be. You can. You can do it. You can do it. Now let's go to the homes. Horns represent principalities and powers, strongholds. If you're like me, there are some things that we've all, all of us have had to struggle. We've had to overcome things in our lives. There are some things that just seem to run in some families. Nobody's been able to stay married. And so that's just my family, you know. Everybody gets divorced. Nobody's ever gone to college. And so when you finish high school, that's where it stops because nobody's ever gone to college in my home. Nobody's ever had more than $10,000 in their account in my family, so that's what it's going to be. Horns are principalities and powers. And the Bible says in Ephesians, that's my favorite book, it says, we, it says Christ is seated in heavenly places, the right hand of God. It says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. Then it goes ahead and says, also, spiritual powers are operating in the high places also. So a lot of these things going on is in the high places. So you and I better learn how to operate in the high places, in the heavenly places, where sometimes you don't feel it, but you go in your spirit and you do warfare, amen? Ephesians 6, 2 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Wicked, wicked. Those spirits are wicked in heavenly places. They are here, like I said, to oppress you, to press you down, to limit you, to contain you, so you cannot spread out, so you cannot live as God wants you to live. David said of God, you are my shield and the buckler, my buckler. 
You are the lifter up of my head. And we can say that too. The first horn we are going to look at today, there are four of them. Wicked. I tell you, these horns are wicked. And if you, you can see them in, in, operating in the lives of Christians, the very first horn is the spirit of lack. Listen to me. We all work hard. Most people work hard. Most people have jobs, more than one job. Most people are diligent to clock in when they say clock in and do their job and may not even come to church on Sunday because they are working. And yet, this spirit comes and it just takes your neck and it just holds you down and it tells you this is the level at which you will be and operate for the rest of your life. As you stay at that level, as long as you stay there, he doesn't bother with you. But his hand is on your neck. And he just makes sure there is lack of joy. There is lack of peace. There is lack of finances. There is lack of dreams. Everything that is just empty. And he puts you right there. This spirit is very real in the lives of believers. And it comes with a mentality where you find it hard to even imagine yourself doing more, becoming more. You're very comfortable where you are, even though you know that's not where God wants for you, but I can do it. This is the spirit that makes a believer comfortable in begging. This is the spirit that makes it that you are always the one in lack. You are always the one if somebody has to sleep. Five dollars in your hands. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that once in a while when you're going through a tough time. But if this is happening to you day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out, you are operating under the spirit of lack. And you need to have God, the spirit of the carpenter, deliver you from that. Because this spirit of lack will keep you at a level that you will never operate higher than in all your life. He says, don't expect more. He says, oh, my condition will never change. God blesses Pastor Amy. God will never bless me. God blesses Brother Bill, but me, oh, no. I don't have what it takes for God to bless me. That's the spirit of lack. And you're praised in the lives of Christians. I uh, had to fight this spirit with everything I got. Because not way, you know, way back there, those many years, I thank God he's delivered me from that and my family. Pastor would live for months on end just doing ministry. He wasn't working and I, I was in school. I was doing 16-hour sh- shifts at, this, uh, at my nursing job. And then go to school after that and tired and just stretching and stretching and stretching. And one day, and he calls and says, do we still have money in the savings? I, have, I want to do another crusade, and, and I need some money. And I, I couldn't tell him no, because I know it was for the kingdom. So I sent the last money we had. I said, Lord, you have to take care of us. Meanwhile, we had the bill, two bills to pay, that they've already sent letters they were going to cut off. It was the telephone and the light bill. And I uh, mistakenly, to buy myself some more time, I mistakenly put the light bill in the telephone envelope and put the telephone bill in the light envelope. And I mailed it off. And that night I couldn't sleep. 
God said, you've become a trickster. The spirit of lack has turned you into what I didn't make you to be. I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, you, first of all, you're going to call them tomorrow. And you're going to tell them what you've done. And after that, we're going to deal with this spirit. I waited till the next day. I picked up the phone and I called the light company. I said, well, you might get a bill in the mail in a few days from now. It's, it's actually the telephone uh, slip on the inside. It wasn't a mistake. It was done on purpose. The lady said, uh, what? I said, yeah, I don't have the money to pay. And so this is what I did. But God, I'm a Christian, and God told me to call. And uh, let you all know and to please ask you to forgive me. And she said, you call to let us know that. People do that all the time. I said, well, I'm not just an ordinary person. I repented before her. And she said, well, no, you hear them type whatever they're typing. And she said, we'll give you. When can you pay? I said, I'll, I'll probably get a paycheck in the next week and a half. And I will pay you my bill. And after I made that call, I was so embarrassed. I made the two calls. I was so embarrassed. And I went to my room. I said, God, I'm obeying you. It's not like when this spirit jumps on you, you're not obeying God. I said, I can't feed my children. I can't pay my bills. I don't have money. I still have to go to school. I still have to go to work. What do I do? He says, stand on my word. And that was the second time on two occasions that I put my Bible on the floor. And I actually stood on it. Because I didn't know what else to do. I've spoken the words, I've spoken and confessed, but I said, if you say I should stand on it, because I saw it, I put it down. And I stood on it. I said, God, that's all I know to do. You have to deliver me from this spirit. And he said, because you've done what I told you to do, he said, you will never know lack another day in your life. And from that day, I can come to testify to you today. That the spirit of the carpenter came into my room that day and took that foul demonic spirit that held us down and took him off our neck. And from that day on, I've never been laid on one bill. From that day on, whatever I want to eat, whatever restaurant I want to go to, that's what I go. It can happen to you too. You have to allow the spirit of the carpenter. The words of God in your mouth. And if you have to do it, step on it. He's not mad if you do that. You have to stand on the word of God. To get rid of that foul demonic spirit. I don't have more time. You all will have to give me time, please. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the second horn. The second horn is the spirit of limitation. This spirit is different from the spirit of lack and very, very common again among believers. This spirit says, I know God is real. I know the Holy Spirit is real. I know miracles are real. I've seen it happen in the life of Toju. God healed him. I know there's nothing God cannot do, but he won't do it for me. I'm not, I'm not worthy. You see, I, I, I commit sin very often. I fall down very often. 
this spirit is a spirit of condemnation. It just puts you down where you just think you don't, you don't, you, in the eyes of God, you're just dirty. And this spirit tells you, you can only go this far. It puts a ceiling over you. And it says, this is how far you can jump. This is how far you can go. And that's how far you can dream. And that's the degree to which you ever succeed in life. And even, you don't even want to try. God wants you maybe to go back to school, but oh, no, I can't do it. God wants you to maybe start a business. Oh, me? No, no, I can't do it. It puts a limit on you. One thing people don't realize is that the first time is always the hardest. What if you fail? What if the first time you don't even make it? The Bible at least says seven times you can fall and he will help you rise up again, right? He says the righteous man falls seven times, said, but God will help him rise again. It's the first time. If you can go do it that first time, that first time, breakthrough comes, brother. I was reading a story. Roger Bannister, I don't know if any of you that, do, that exercise, you know about him. Roger Bannister in 1954 wanted to run one mile under four minutes. And they told him, ah, who are you to think you can do that? Nobody has ever done that. He practiced. He did everything he, wanted, he had to do. And this man ran one mile under four minutes. The same people that will tell you you cannot do it, when you start doing it, guess what? They'll be the ones clapping for you. When he ran that one mile under four minutes, that same year, 30 other people did the same thing. Okay, could you just imagine, maybe the progress of other people is laying on you. Maybe your children will become Dream farther and do much better if you take that step that God is asking you to take. Maybe God is wanting to use you to open a door for your family that has been closed for ages and for centuries and for generations if you would just take that first step and be willing to try. Limitation is only in the mind. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. If you think you are not worthy, you will live your life as someone who is not worthy. That spirit contains Christians. Contains and puts limits on Christians. But I come to you today in the spirit of the carpenter. He says you can do and you can be all that you want to be. He says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He says you can stretch out your borders and, and enlarge your tents and, and be everything God wants you to be. If he will use his words and speak it into your situation, God says he will take out that spirit of limitation over you. The third spirit, the third horn, is the Hindu spirit. This is the most wicked of all the spirits right here. This spirit is the one that comes to discourage us the most. Even Apostle Paul mentioned this spirit three times in the Gospels. In Romans 1.13, he says, Now, that's Apostle Paul saying this, Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as some other Gentiles 
The enemy knew that he was going to have fruit when he went over there and stood in his way and refused to let him go. In Romans 15:22, on his plan to visit Rome, he says, For this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you. 1 Thessalonians 2:18. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and time again, but Satan, what? Hindered us. This is the most aggressive spirit. It will come right in front of you. Right in front of you. And it will be pushing you back. When you take one step forward, this spirit comes and pushes you and you take two steps backwards. This is where Christians don't make progress. Because you are believing God for something for years and for years and for years and for years. And yet, it doesn't seem to come forth. And so this spirit tells you you don't need to pray anymore. You don't need to believe and stand on God's word anymore. You don't need to confess the word anymore. It's never going to happen. This is the spirit that discourages Christians. It's a discouraging spirit. Pastor Al. It's a foul demon that discourages people from standing on God's word. And the thing is, he knows that right behind him is the answer you are looking for. This spirit knows that right behind him is that miracle you've been asking for for years. And that's why he keeps pushing you back so you can't get to your miracle. He pushes you back so you can't get to your miracle. But if you can just persist, if you can just be persistent, see, that's the thing we need to learn to have, cultivate that spirit of persistence. A never-give-up spirit that says no matter how long it takes, No matter how hard it is, I'm not giving up. Satan, you can do all you want to do. I'm not going to give up. That is the spirit and praise. The the, the hands that go up that say, God, whether you answer me or not, you're still God. Whether you come through for me or not doesn't take anything away from you. If you can do those two things, be persistent in your prayer and in your praise, even when things don't seem like Because this spirit, what it does, it puts smoke screens in front of you. It puts smoke screens in front of you. You can't see very clearly. But he puts that in front of you because he knows, like Paul said, if he went to that place, there were souls waiting to be saved. So this spirit will make sure it hinders you so you don't get to where those souls are. Where you don't get to where your blessings are. So you don't get to where your dream will be fulfilled. And this spirit, people will, sometimes these spirits use people. But we are not fighting against flesh and blood, remember? People will tell you, no, it's not about You've been praying for so long. You're still praying for that? Please give it up. No, 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 no. Don't let anyone talk you out of giving up for what you're believing God for. When uh, David was fighting the last battle, when they took all his men and his children and his wives and they took it all and he was so discouraged and the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. 24 hours later on the other side of the mountain, he didn't know that Saul had been killed and he was going to be made the king of Israel. Just 24 hours later, David was wallowing in tears, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. The next day he was the king. So when the things seem hardest, don't allow the discouragement to come. Because right around the mountain is your victory, amen? Right around the mountain is your victory. And God will not hold back. So the spirit of the carpenter wants me to tell you this morning that to raise up your hands in praise to God. 
to tell God that you trust him, that God is faithful to his words. He says to remind you that the words of God will never return to him void. He says to remind you that if God has promised you something, Cassandra, no matter what comes against you, that will be fulfilled in your life. If you can stand long enough, if you can stand firm enough to believe God for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The last spirit is the devouring spirit. The devouring spirit. This spirit is mentioned in Malachi chapter 3. And this spirit is most active in our finances. It's a very sly and cunning spirit. Very sly. Unlike the spirit of, the hindering spirit that will come right in front of you, this spirit comes behind you. And he sneaks, sneaks behind you, puts a hole in your pocket, and just drains everything from you. You had the money, but now you're trying to account for what you did with it. You can't account for it. That's the devouring spirit. And God with his own mouth said, I will rebuke the devouring spirit for your sake. However, what he, on what condition did he say he would rebuke it? When you do what? You pay your tithe and your offering. That's why I said this is the easiest spirit to take care of. He's sly and cunning, but he's the easiest one to kick out because first of all, he's so sly, he can't even come in front of you. He can't do it openly. He does everything he does in a cunning way. He makes you, you know, think you have all this money, but then at the end of the day, you're wondering, I thought I had that money. What happened to it? He has, he has done it. See, you would pay tithe to somebody. You either pay it to God or you pay it to this demonic spirit. You better pay it to God so God can rebuke him. Like he says in Malachi 3, for your sake. Because when God rebukes him and sows back those holes that he's put in your pocket, you all of a sudden you realize, oh, although I gave God one dollar out of those ten, I can stretch out that nine that's left. Oh my goodness, there's extra. There's much more left than when I was holding on to that ten dollars. I didn't want to give God any. Anybody who pays tithes, anybody who gives offerings, anybody who gives to people, who is generous, I tell you, I have never seen them being in lack. I've never seen them not being able to pay their bills. It's when you hold back, the Bible says, when you hold back too much, it leads to poverty. There are some people that are so tight, so it's like to get anything out of them, you have to almost pry their fingers out. They are so selfish and so tight. Even in their ways, they don't give love to people. They don't give joy to anybody, not to God and the people. They are just, everything about them is just dry. The same way with their finances. The devouring spirit will not come near you if you are someone who walks around like this. It's not yours anyway. God gave it to you. You are not living here with it. You can pack it all you want in the, in, in the bank the day you leave. You're going to go just the same way you came in empty-handed. Everything that you stand before God with is what you did for him, not your money. Amen? So today, before I finish, I want to make some declarations over you. This is the fun part. Because God told me, says, write and tell my people and declare over my people. 
And that's what I will do today before I end. It's almost, I'm well over the time. I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. Let's make the declaration that God told me to do. I want you to raise your hands to God this morning. Raise your hands to God. Because the Spirit of the Lord told me clearly, says today was a day of deliverance. A day of deliverance to the captives. He told me, Lord, don't just preach, but come and prophesy to some people and make decrees over them. And so I will do that. I wrote it down in the name of Jesus. I come in the name of the carpenter Jesus of Nazareth. And he says to you this morning to lift up your head for your redemption. Out of the horns have come. Your redemption is here today. The spirit of the carpenter says to you that key people are coming into your life. He tells to tell you that progress has come and stagnation is over. The spirit of the carpenter says, for your shame, you shall possess double in the land. The spirit of the carpenter says, no one will be able to stand before you or block you. No one will be able to hinder your dream and no one will be able to hinder your progress. A new level of success is coming to you today. All I want you to do, says the spirit of the carpenter, is be quick to obey and do what I tell you to do. And my children, I promise you that my favor that surrounds you as a shield will come back on you again. And as that favor is around you, the horns will come and try to penetrate, but they will meet that favor around you. They will bump against that shield around you. And they will never be able to operate in your life again. Hallelujah! 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 I want the prayer partners to come out here. What we've done is we've made declarations and we've decreed some things. We are going to have you, if you have any of these spirits as I was talking, and you say, ha, that's what has been happening in my life. I want you to come. We've already prayed for you. Just come and agree. Agree with one of the prayer partners here. And if you're a prayer partner and it's one of those spirits that is also in your life too, when you finish praying for people, go to another prayer partner and let them lay hands on you also. I want you to lay hands on, on, on them and just pray over them and whatever it is, just say, loose in the name of Jesus. You don't have to pray too many prayers if you're already losing them. Just say, loose in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that we are loose from all these horns, Father. We walk in victory and we thank you, Father, for that. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And if you don't need to be prayed for, we dismiss you. In the mighty name of Jesus, have a good week. Go in the favor of the Lord that goes around you, that surrounds you like a shield. If you don't need to be prayed for, you are dismissed and you can go. But if you want to be prayed for, I want you to stay here and let someone agree with you and pray with you to get rid of this demonic spirit in your life. Thank you, Father.